Oh, wait, what? Wait, what? We're you're, back? You're telling me we're re-recording the podcast that Anchor ruined for me? <laughs> wait, what? Didn't we just do this? Yesterday? Like, not even 24 hours ago? So, folks, full disclosure, this is take two of episode three. Um, yesterday, Damien and I recorded a nice, a really nice hour and a half conversation like we normally have uh, on some really good subjects. And it was posted. So I know people out there saw something, saw a post about episode three. And hopefully you've subscribed and you got a notification and all these wonderful things. Hey, there's a new episode, and all of you are just like, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. And then you waited for, like, how long was it, Damien? Uh, so I posted it probably about 5 p.m., and it was removed at, like, 10 p.m., so it was up for five hours. <laughs> so those wonderful listeners who immediately rushed to hear us, because I know that's what everyone does. Yeah, everybody, you know, soon, absolutely, yep. You know, as soon as you get the notification, you're just like, wait, what? There's another episode? Let's do this. <laughs> so you all got to hear episode three, part one. <laughs> uh, so Courtney told me to put a cork in it last night, but I am pissed. <laughs> well, you should be pissed, and I only uh, want... I only want you to cork those feelings so that you can unbottle it right now. That's yeah. that's <laughs> I want you to put a cork in it. I just I want you to pause on your feelings and emotions. <laughs> no, I mean I don't even there's not even much more to say. I'm just angry. I said a lot on that podcast about how I felt about a lot of things um that I can't just recreate. Right. right. I, was, I was really feeling it yesterday. Um, you were. I'm sure I can touch on it again today a bit, but it's not going to be the same. Obviously, it's not going to have the same gravity. It's not going to have the same emotion attached behind it. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed. <laughs> I feel that. I really, I honestly feel that. Um, how many times have I been? Oh my goodness! So I have. I like to to write, and when I write, I like write speeches, and sometimes I write speeches for other people. And so there have been times where I've written just what I feel is like a masterpiece, like the Gettysburg Address type stuff. And I save it, or I think I've saved it, and then all of a sudden it's not there. And I can't find it anywhere. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like, I feel devastated. But the only thing that I can do is do it again, you know? So yeah. that's what we're going to try to do. We, we, we can't create the same emotion as yesterday, but damn it, we're going to try, folks. We're going to try. We are going to do our best. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm tired. <laughs> I feel you. So I've got a cup of coffee here. Let me take a drink real quick. Right? So that's why I was just like, let me get five more minutes because I had not made it to my Keurig. Just quite at that point, so I know there because it's, it's first thing in the morning. I'm bring this yeah. up. My favorite thing in the world is like that feeling, like when you wake up and your mouth feels kind of gross, and you go brush your teeth, and how clean your mouth feels afterwards. Yeah, it's just like it's just like the best feeling in the world. 
that <laughs> is the truth. That is absolutely true, you know? Um, uh. Yeah, because, yeah, like, I wake up and, and I'm, like, all cotton mouth and, like, it's just, like, I'm, like, I can't even, like, like form a word or anything. I just kind of, I have to grunt and because my mouth just doesn't feel right. But then you brush your teeth and you're just, like, oh, I can speak again. Yay. Just, yeah, and then I drink some water and get the mouth feeling more refreshed. And it's, like, this is wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so. So, uh, we, we, we've kind of hit a little bit on on what's Damien on Damien's mind, um, but you know, um, when we re- when part part one a of this episode, you know, you were talk you told us about your transition to to the great northeast, and uh, you know how that that has affected you. Um, you know, let's talk about that, Damien. What what's what's on your mind as far as your life there All in right. Boston? Let me try to get back into this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I was just telling Courtney um, yesterday and a couple days before I was feeling it especially, but <clears throat> I've just started to get to the point of living out here where I feel like I've been out here for almost, almost two years. It'll be two full years in September of 2022. And personally, I just feel like I haven't done m- much of anything um, with my time out here, uh, which is obviously frustrating. I came out here with a lot of goals, a lot of ideas in mind, but then ultimately I've just started to become consumed with this feeling of loneliness um, and not aloneness, but uh, loneliness. I think one of the worst feelings you can feel is when you are surrounded by people, uh, especially people you like, you enjoy, people I work with, people I live with, um, but you still kind of feel this feeling of isolation. And I think a lot of that is mental, um, especially with my struggles with depression and stuff. I feel like a lot of it uh, is my head playing games with me. Um, but I still feel how I feel regardless, right? Um, I remember having a conversation with one of my coworkers, um, who's also, I consider him a friend and he's also uh, a roommate of mine. And we were just kind of talking about being out here and the struggles, uh, different experiences we face and whatever. And I remember him saying that, you know, he has one of his good friends out here with him. They're, they're kind of doing this together. And I remember him saying, I don't know how you've made it almost two years without having someone because if I didn't have my friend, I, I wouldn't be able to do this. Like there's some days where it's like the reason we get through this shit, all the stuff we've been through, all the stuff we've done together, like our friendship, like that, that's what gets me through it. I don't know how you made it this long, dude. And like now I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't know how much longer I can do this feeling this way if uh, and i don't mean to sound like uh what's the word hold on a second damn earpiece keeps falling out it's too early for this um <laughs> I, and i don't mean to sound like um ungrateful or anything for like the opportunity i have out here the two guys that i work with who i'm also living with currently are fucking amazing people i consider them pretty great friends they make this process very very bearable Like I have been given a lot of opportunity coming out here that I wouldn't have had staying in Texas. 
but there's just this gradual feeling that keeps building on me more and more every day where I'm just, it's kind of like a, what am I doing this for? And kind of like a, why am I doing this? And I just feel like if I had like that one friend, like a Tanner or an Alan or, or a Courtney, you know, a Christina out here who has just been through life with me, who's, who's been through life's up and downs with me, who I can share memories with, share bonds with, you know, just a, a friend, you know, to hit me up be like, Hey bro, I'm off tonight. You're off tonight. Let's, go grab a bite to eat and let's binge watch this TV show or, Hey bro, like we're both off. Let's bust out Madden. Let's, let's play each other on Madden all night or let's play some COD, just something like that, that I had back in Texas, but that I don't have here. And for the longest I thought, Oh, I don't need that. I'm here to build my career. I'm here to make money. Like whatever. I don't need those things, but I'm starting to realize how important and how crucial that is and how much it's missing out of my life. And it's just really, really starting to kind of, play with and affect my mental my mental health so that's what's on Damien's mind <laughs> yeah um and it's it's definitely a lot and it's definitely feelings that are normal um people people tend to forget that man was not created to be alone we are not an um we are not a solo type of situation uh, you know, even from the biblical beginning, it was man shouldn't be here by by himself. Let's create a partner for him. So, um, it, it we do crave human interaction, and it's very crucial for our everyday development. Uh, so, yeah, you know, when you don't feel those things, when you don't have those type of connections, then it's really hard. It is hard. Um, but, you know, I think one of the hardest things is is being a Texan where our, our motto is the friendly state. And, you know, you can wave at somebody and they're going to wave back or you port, pass by people sitting out on the porch on their front porch. Like my, my dad loves to sit out on the front porch and he will wave at every single person who passes by our street, every single person passing down a corner. And they will normally wave back because that's just a friendly thing to do. There are even times where people will stop, not like complete strangers, but people he knows. They'll stop and have a, a conversation that's just, you know, out of the way. And, and they just, hey, he waved and stopped. And so I ain't got nothing to do. So, hey, what's going on? You know, I think that, that we, are, we have a different mentality here than the mentality in the Northeast. You know, Northeast has a, a, a reputation for being fast paced and every you move with purpose and everyone's on the go and it's go, 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 you know, all of the time. And I feel like in that type of environment, it would be really difficult to make a meaningful connection um, just naturally, especially if you're not from there. You know, we also know that that people in the Northeast tend to have lifelong type of connections. You know, the people that they hang out with, it, with as adults tend to be the people that they grew up with in the neighborhood. And anyone from the outside of that is, is on the outside of that. So that makes it even more difficult. But um, you were, I remember you telling me that your mom told you about this wonderful, wonderful song that needs to be <laughs> Song for my life, especially when I when I'm talking to people 
who were Texans who are not Texans and <laughs> and uh, need to come back to Texas. What was what was that song again, Daniel? Uh, it's called "Come." Uh, it's called "Come Back to Texas" by Bowling for Soup, I think. <laughs> there you go. I mean, come back to Texas, Damien. That a lot of what you're feeling <sighs> can be written if you just bring your ass back to the Lone Star State. I just I don't want to give up on Massachusetts just yet and the career um, and the connections that I'm trying to build here. But I mean, shit, dude, I, I have not seen I, I growing up. I was lucky enough that I never really faced like serious death. Um, and then I moved away and my uncle passed. And then a little while later, my grandmother passed. And the last time I saw my mother and my father and my sisters, my brother-in-law was at my grandmother's funeral service. And well, I guess in a day or two afterwards, but that trip, um, you know, I didn't go home for Christmas last year. And so I'm just, I miss my damn mother, bro. I'm such a, such a mother's boy. I miss my dad. I miss my sisters. I miss my brother-in-law. And the main reason I haven't gone back since I left is I, I'm just really, really terrified that if I do go back, like I'm not going to want to come back to Massachusetts except to grab my cat. <laughs> and I, I've worked very, very hard to do this. I've worked very hard to grow. Right now I'm in a point where I'm struggling. I am third man on the totem pole and I couldn't feel any more like I'm third man on a totem pole. And I don't fucking like being third man on a totem pole. Frankly, I'm sick of it. And that's really, really, really starting to irritate me. Um, but it's what I signed up for. So I guess I have to uh, put up or shut up and accept things for what they are. But I'm somebody who has a lot of confidence in myself, believes a lot in myself, believes a lot in my capabilities. So I feel like I'm not being valued and appreciated for what I do and what I can do. Not necessarily by the two guys that I work with, um, but by others. <laughs> um, and so it's just frustrating and it gets me to this point where I'm just like, what the fuck am I even here for? Gets me all kinds of grumpy. Um, and I'm just trying to keep myself focused. And then those feelings of like, you know, when I used to have a really bad day at work, I would text Tanner and be like, bro, are you like, are you off of work? Yeah. Hey, can I come chill for a bit? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we might like play poker for a couple hours and just talk shit and, and have a good time. We might play D&D because we're nerds and we love Dungeons and Dragons or we might Tanner might throw something up on YouTube and we might not even talk for like five hours. Just watch TV, but enjoy each other's company or we might go to Texas Roadhouse and enjoy a couple steaks and, and drink a beer and then say goodbye for the night. But I had that person people but specifically that person that i could do that with and i haven't been able to find that person living out here and i think when the work trouble start to set in and missing my family starts to set in and missing like my grandmother starts to set in missing my uncle starts to set in and i don't have any form of like just somebody i can just dude i'm not in the right state of mind like can we just chill tonight like let's just throw something on the tv i just i just need to chill with somebody like i don't really i don't feel at least like i have that accessible to me and it gets very uh lonely i guess is the word i've been trying to put this whole time and i know come back to texas is an option i could go live with tanner my friend i keep talking about 
he's already you said like bro come stay with me i go live with my parents they have a spare bedroom they both encouraged it numerous times they will both want me to do that but i something just tells me it's too soon there's still too much to do out here um that's going to be positive and beneficial for me but every day just gets me a little bit closer to being like fuck it <laughs> i'm going home to texas i don't give a fuck well just... you know so so let me tell you this there there people take vacations for a reason and it's a chance to refuel and so if you i think it's it's crucial for you to take some time and be around your family and friends and so a, a visit to texas doesn't have to be a lifetime type of thing you know everything doesn't have to be an all or nothing but i think it's important for you to come and visit the people that you miss that's called being homesick and it's a very 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 real thing um, well and it's also just difficult because obviously i'm just a reasoning logistics in my head right but it's like you know all my friends live in midland my parents live in dallas now so it's i could go visit my parents but then what would i have to spend extra money to fly to midland or would i take five hours to drive to midland spend time with them then do i go back to dallas and i know for a fact that i'm like uh talking myself out of it by like reasoning bullshit because it's like if i wanted to make it happen i can make it happen <laughs> but mm-hmm. i know i know i know i just mm-hmm. I just know myself and I know where I am in my state of mind right now. And if I go home and spend time with my parents, spend time with my mom, my mom's laugh is like my favorite thing in the world. Go see you go have a beer with the boys. Like I'm not coming back except to grab my cat. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to give up on the guys that I'm working with who have been the most fucking great and, and generous to me since I moved out here. Like they're fucking amazing human beings, like great fucking people. And I don't want to give up on the employees that I work with that I've worked to build bonds with and relationships with. And I want to see them do well. I want to see them succeed. And I, and I don't want to give up on myself because I deserve a lot more and I know I can earn a lot more. And there's nothing for me in Texas. Going back to Texas is starting over. It's hitting. It's 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 starting on the ground floor again. And I put in so much time and effort to get to where I'm at. I I don't want to have to go back and start over. But hear me, Damien. That that is that is one of those things that that is also a part of life. I've hit reset on my life. I think three or four times now. (laughs) Quite honestly. You know, uh, I got out of school and wanted to teach, and I taught for a year, and I was just like, nope, reset, moved to Dallas. Um, well, while in Dallas, I worked in three different industries, and then after 12 years, you know, circumstance brought me back to Midland, another very hard reset, very hard reset, uh, because I had completely built a life that was so different than Dallas. And when I came back to Midland, I was so depressed. I was so incredibly depressed. But I found other things. I just found other niches. And uh, and now here I am, like, extremely involved in just about everything, sitting in, in meetings with city council members, sitting in meetings with the mayor, 
you know, um, involved in activities that have me co-chairing committees with the superintendent of schools, um, you know, leading a revolution <laughs> for, for all practical purposes. Uh, you know, you, you never know what the road, what the future holds until you, until it happens. And so I understand that, you know, you're, you're looking down the road and you say things like, there's nothing for me in Texas. I don't necessarily think that that's true. It's just, you don't have that vision right now. But the things that are in Texas for you are your family and your friends. And those are the things that you need right now. I'm not even guaranteed that after you get, you get that refill of your parents and your friends, then you, that might be enough to say, you know what? It's time for me to go back and, and conquer this Massachusetts thing. Let me go back. I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm missing my baked beans. I need to, <laughs> I need to throw some tea in the harbor. I actually but, hate those things. I don't see how people eat those things. Those things are gross. What? Ugh, like, what? Gross. So gross. Oh my goodness. Are you talking beans, about beans should not be sweet? Ew. Oh, dude. Now I think that it's dude. it's the only like redeeming grace to me for all what? of that. Issue. They have a lot. Wait, talk. Do you like seafood? Are you crazy? Ah, uh, but you can get nah. You can no, do seafood. No, that, that's not the same. I, I feel same. that, but well, I mean, there's definitely a freshwater <laughs> aspect of the whole thing. Yeah, that 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 is different up up yonder. But uh, nah. So uh, what I'm getting to is, Damien, refuel. You have to refuel your battery. And a, a refueling of the battery doesn't mean that you change the car. Does, does that make any sense? Uh, you know, no, this, it makes logical sense. I just don't think that I'm feeling logical about the situation right now. Does that make sense? It, I, I get that. But because also, like bef- before you, when I went – sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. You finish well, also before the, – the thing is, is that mindset determines a lot of things. And I don't want you to be defeated before you try because you keep giving reasons not to, not to do something <laughs> out of fear of what you think might happen, but not what you know will happen. And it's impossible to know what happens until you actually do. So definitely, I encourage you to get out of that mind frame and do what's best for you in the here and now. In the here and now, I didn't. I'm not saying, Cone, go ahead and pack it all up and move back to Texas. You know, purposely leave things. Just bring you enough for a week. But take a week. And come I don't and think re- I could take a week. <laughs> oh, hey, you have to. You have. And if listen, if you are ever in a job where you can't break away for a week, if they have you working so much that you can't break away for a week, then that's not. That's not a career. That's not a job. No, I mean, if I if I went to work and I I told, you know, Al Davy Scott, hey, I need to go back home for a week, they would 100% support it. I don't, I don't doubt that at all. They would 100% have my back. I just, I don't know if I could do a week. That's a lot of time. <laughs> well, but it's the time that you need. And that would allow you to do both Dallas and Midland. Yeah. You know, um, 
but I think that it sounds like you you just need to you need to be around the people that that you know. You need to let us encourage you in person and say, Damien, wow, you're doing incredible shit up there. I'm so proud of you. Now get your ass back up there and finish the deal. Yeah. But we can't do that from down here. It's a, it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's different having those conversations over the phone or FaceTime than it is in person where at the end of a conversation, you can get a big hug, you know, that it's, it's just different. So I definitely, Damien, I, I super, super encourage you to come take a vacation, see your people, come see your people. I remember there were times in Dallas, even when I had a partner, like, like, you know, we would, we were happy together, but he could see that I was, there were, there was one time I was just like days where I was just be so miserable because I missed seeing, you know, mom and dad so much. I just missed it. I missed Midland. I missed, I missed it. And so it was one morning we woke up and he just said, uh, you're off work today, right? And I was just like, yeah. And he's just like, I am too. Let's go. And we got in the car and I'm just like, what are you talking about? Where are we going? We're going to Midland. And we, and, and we drove the five hours I got to see my people and visit for a short time. And guess what? We didn't even stay the night. We were back on the road and came back. And that that day trip, that long ass driving and all that driving and day trip completely refueled my battery in a way that I just cannot explain. And it's just something very powerful about taking the time to see your people, you know, see your tribe. So I definitely encourage you to do that, Damien. I, I I think it's I think once you once you refuel like that, you may not, you know, you you may be like, okay, this is what I needed. Let me get back to work. Um, I don't think that you'll have that that because you are driven and you feel like this trip to you know, being in, in Massachusetts is important for your future career, which, you know, that's something that I can't even Phantom, a 25 year old being like, Oh, my career, my career, because baby, you got when I tell you that is the only thing in the world I care about right now. (laughs) You, you are, you are going to, and, and what's funny is by the time you're 43, you probably will not have set foot in behind a restaurant counter. By the time Ever. I'm 43, oh. I'm going to retire with millions of dollars. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. I hope, I really hope that's the case. I don't, Look, think, I don't think that that's real in America, but it's possible in America, which is what makes America so fucking awesome. In comparison Look, to the chip on my shoulder <laughs> has gotten so fucking massive. And so fucking heavy <laughs> that I need a bottle of a leave a day to relieve this back pain I'm feeling. <laughs> right. I feel it. When I tell you, when I tell you that one day I am going to own so much shit and be making so much money and have given so many people so much opportunity and be able to look every motherfucker in the eye that treated me less than, that treated me like the third best guy around, 
that treated me like the afterthought, that treated me like the guy who cleans up the mess, but never paid me like the guy that cleaned up the mess. All the people that didn't give me opportunity, I'm going to look them in the eye and tell them, go fuck yourself. Like, I I made something of myself. Like, that is all, at this point in my life, I actually give a shit about. (laughs) There you go. And I I hope that, you know, I'll be somewhere on a cane and a walker. But I'll be like... You'll be president of the United States by that point. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll we'll have our celebration party in the in the Rose Garden. Oh, okay. And then and my first gentleman will will arrange it all, and it'll be. Just letting you know, you're going a little robot mode today. I don't know if your Wi-Fi is giving you trouble, but uh, not a well, whole lot. But every now and again, you are. I I sound a little robotic. Well, my yeah, setup there. same with the exception of. I went ahead and downloaded the app, and so I'm going straight from the app. That's why you actually see my name today. I'm not dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So I had that same frustration of just being like, screw it, whatever. Dude, I'm dude today. So, no, I'm, I'm actually using the app. And maybe that – I mean, that's literally the only difference – no, it's just a it's just a Wi-Fi issue. Uh, it just sounds like your Wi-Fi is giving trouble. I mean, it's not like it's not like super consistent. It's just every now and again. I'm just I'm just giving you a heads up. That's all. Hmm. I don't know, but then same on your side. Like I hear you you fade away sometimes, and and so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I need to speak louder. Is that better? No, <laughs> that doesn't mean speak slower. I'm not I'm not old man hard of hearing, but are you whatever. sure about that? Hey, hey now, youngster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean shit, the first president you voted for was like Herbert Hoover, wasn't it? Whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Way back in twenty eight, you were or thirty-two. Thirty-two. No? Whatever. My first, I think the first president I actually got to vote for. Uh, who was it? I think it was Bill Clinton. Bill I the, Clinton. I think the second time, maybe. Yeah, I think that was my first presidential election. Maybe that had to have been the most boring election. Bob fucking Dole or Bill Clinton. <laughs> you know, I'm Bob Dole. That's gotta yes. make you laugh about this. Is the totally random tangent and and thank you for letting me <laughs> vent about my woes out here i just want to i just want to end it at the point of just saying like i have met a lot of really 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 fantastic people while living out here like i'm gonna name names right now because these are people that have really touched my life so like amber murray robin murray amazing human beings uh jj murray when they're not related <laughs> great <laughs> great fucking guy one of my closest friends for the longest time um Mateus Morales, Leo Malagas, great freaking human beings. Like Al Graziano, my boss, giving me more opportunity and more chances than like any human being on planet Earth. Um, Scott Christian, Davey Wick, amazing fucking people. Peter Fetters, great, great guy. Like I have met a lot of fucking wonderful people out here who have really, really, really made living out here possible. You know what I mean? I just, and, and maybe you're right, maybe I just need some Texas time. But it's just all starting to weigh on me that it's like I just still haven't found like that one that one person that I can just I don't know <laughs> you know well, what I mean just I, that one I'm about to throw down because this is what we do in Texas we you know we we draw lines in the sands we throw down gauntlets and we say look at here 
all those people who who Damien just called out as being such wonderful people, if y'all don't get this boy on a plane, <laughs> get his ass back to Texas for just a little while, <laughs> he can refuel and get back to there and get to work, then I question your friendship. Al, Al, Mr. Al, I'm calling you out directly because you're the boss man. Don't do Thank that. I am. Damn it. I don't know you. That man has been in that man has been encouraging me to go home for for weeks, months. I just don't. Well, so don't. What, literally, what the fuck, bro? I've <laughs> already told you why. I just told you why. No, uh-uh. It's not acceptable. So <laughs> see you in um I expect to see you here in Texas and I expect to see you in Midland within the next month. Yeah, not likely, but <laughs> within the next month. Are definitely before definitely before September. I think that I don't see any reason that's not doable. Where you can't make you know make plans to escape within a month. That <laughs> that's that's doable. So all of those people that just got called out, I'm calling you out. <laughs> I am calling. And all you. of those people have been telling me, bro, go see your fucking family for weeks. So it's I've told you, it's a me thing. If everyone. I go home, I am concerned that I won't come back. Look, okay, <laughs> and, and so here's the challenge to all of all of the Texas folk. <laughs> Once he gets here and we see that he's feeling a lot better, it, we're going to push his ass back up yonder. You're not going to want me to go back, Courtney. You're going to get one dinner with me and you're be like, man, I fucking love this kid. I need this kid to stay here. Nah, nah, because I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do what's best for you. And if I feel like like after we have a conversation, after you've been here and you've seen all your people and, you know, if I see that that your whole attitude and outlook on life has changed, then I'm going to be like, Damien, maybe it is time for you to stay here. Or I will see that, you know, OK, you've got what you needed out of this trip. Take your ass back up yonder and go finish the deal. But yeah. I can't pro- I can't promise that either way because it has to happen first. Yeah. So I know. I know. I know. But okay. Thank you for listening to my woes. I just want to hit on this because you brought it up and I think it's hysterical. But like, dude, William Jefferson Clinton <laughs> at that time had to have been one of the most electrifying. He was definitely the Obama of his day. He had to be one oh, of yeah. the most electrifying, exciting young political prospects ever and the gop was like i know the answer george (laughs) hw bush bob dole (laughs) what well so you have to remember that (laughs) so bush was was the incumbent yeah he was the incumbent so i know we really they really didn't have a choice with him but bob dole like like they nominated bob (laughs) dole (laughs) But let me so let's look at the at the whys because there's always a why. Re, you have to remember that that Slick Willie was so different. They went for a personality shift. They went for someone who's older, established, more serious about things, and they thought that that would be, you know, they you go for polar opposites. You can't put up someone who is about the same and, and expect to win. So I think that that was, a, to me, 
that's the only logical reason why you would pick a Bob Dole to go See, up against uh, uh, Bill Clinton is you want a polar opposite. I just and feel it like uh, more opposite than than Bob Dole. I just feel like when you're challenging a young, exciting incumbent, you have to produce a young, exciting challenger. You know what I mean? But there like, was there was no one. I think like there the, was wasn't there like, the who Clinton ran? I know I know. Hold on, talk, Courtney. You were completely inaudible there. Say words. Oh no, I was just saying that. Oh, you're you good. know, I mean, there. I I don't think that there were hold, any. Hold on a damn second. Let me see something. Who ran in the 1996 GOP primary? <laughs> I'm so interested by this conversation. We're gonna bore right. the fuck out of people right now. That, that's who? I know, I know that McCain ran. Okay, so it was Bob Dole. Oh God, Pat Buchanan. Yeah. Uh huh. And Steve Forbes. Uh huh. Uh huh. So how's hold Bob on, Dole looking on. now? <laughs> Still terrible. Oh, Alan Keyes ran. He's crazy though. Phil Graham ran. Oh yeah, there was no one. Holy shit, that was a. They looked like a dying party during that day. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so so yeah, Bob Dole. Okay, <laughs> Bob, Bob Dole, Bob Dole. Oh, now I'm gonna be the next president of the United States. Dude, I remember. I, so when I was a, so when I was a super nerdy political kid, I used to watch old presidential debates, which I still do from time to time because I think it's fascinating, just to see the concerns of a time or whatever. I remember Bob Dole was like, when Bob Dole's in the White House, there will be no concerns about who Bob Dole is sleeping with. I was like. What the- <laughs> Like you did because you can't even get it up anymore, old man. Right? That is just, definitely just, not something we'll be concerned with. Dude, just imagine him like giving a State of the Union address, like Bob Dole increased jobs by one hundred percent. Bob Dole reduced. Yeah, <laughs> he focused. You know, he was the third person speaker. That year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Like, he's one of the funniest political anomalies to me ever. Bob Dole was a candidate for president. <laughs> That's and totally actually, how and actually got votes, mind you. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, okay. I mean, he got destroyed, but <laughs> yeah. So you know, when you look back at the list, and I've forgotten all the people that you know he beat out for that nomination, but it's just like, yeah, uh huh. No wonder. Clinton won 379 electoral votes. Dole won 159. Rospero yeah. ran again. And Dole won 19 states. And Clinton won 31 in D.C. That's crazy. 49.2% of the popular vote. <laughs> Fucking Bob Dole. Jack Kemp would have been a better candidate. At least he was hot. Well, yeah. 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 Well, anyways. <laughs> presidential talk out of the way. <laughs> right? Um. So yesterday after listening to me bitch and moan about being a lonely, depressed, sad bitch, uh, which is my state of mind 80% of the time. Um, Courtney had talked a little bit about um, some wild shit that I still cannot. I spent 30 minutes researching this yesterday. could still cannot wrap my head around it. Uh, a little th- uh, socio something or another theory about separationism. Uh, which yeah. is basically voluntary segregation, but I'm gonna let Courtney 100% take the reins on this one because um, this blows my mind. Yeah. So talking to one of our our great listeners, my uh, college roommate, 
who is a member of such an incredible fraternity, one of the, uh, I can't even remember what they call it, the, the I'm not going to butcher it, but it's a group of Black fraternities that were a part of the original uh, group of Black fraternities. Uh, but he is a member of Kappa Kappa Psi, or Kappa Alpha Psi, excuse me, Kappa Alpha Psi. I don't want to continue to butcher this, so I'm going to shut up there. Uh, he's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi and uh, a good friend of mine. He and I, like, he always, he loves to send me things uh, on Instagram and he knows how to push all my buttons, basically. He enjoys like sending me things and we have conversations. So I asked him, you know, for feedback, what, what would you like for us to talk about on the show? Well, for one thing, he wasn't sure, Damien, if you were black or white, because Damien like throws off everybody. Everybody's just like, that's the black, <laughs> that's a black name. This dude must be black. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, you know, the way that I talk and, and the way that you talk is just, you know, we it, who knows? Who really knows? So, and if anyone is wondering, full disclosure, I am black. And I'm and a white boy. I am white as they come. <laughs> there you go. And so, uh, you know, so. Although, I, real quick, I do want to interject that I did get told by this beautiful black woman one time that I was white chocolate, and that has stuck with me forever. But anyways, you can go ahead. You can go ahead, Courtney. I'm okay, just saying in the, back, in, the back of, in the back of my mind, that stays with me. I'm just saying. I'm hey, just I've I've heard that term used about you when we were doing all of the name change stuff. They were just like, "You got some white chocolate with you." <laughs> he is. He is. So I'm I'm just saying. She said my skin was white, but my soul was chocolate. And that it's, I agree. <laughs> I'm with that. I am totally. With and that. when I tell you that was like a lifetime, I will be 80 years old. Talk about this lady said I was white chocolate. <laughs> Anyways, Courtney, finish your very important subject. <laughs> Courtney Ratliff. Still there? Okay. Sorry, I had put on the do not disturb thing, and then I was still getting a phone call. And so I'm very confused. Hey, all good. <laughs> I, I, I thought this entire audio was dead just now. I thought you had gotten disconnected, but thank God you didn't. So go ahead. Bro, I was too. I was just like, why I, do I hear anything again? I was like, this is the universe telling us that this is just not the week. <laughs> right? Okay. But anyway, um, so he, I was asking him for ideas and topics on what to talk about on the show. To, you know, I really think that it's time for us to just stop all the, you know, most of the the hate crimes and the violence um, towards each other in the United States is based off of race relations. Why are we even trying this anymore? It's time for us to go and do our own thing. Uh, just like um, Asians have their like Chinatown and you have little Mexico, you have little Italy, you know, in major cities, you have different areas of, of that city where the population is heavy towards one, one particular race. And, you know, they support each other economically and pretty much exist as its own unit. And he and his said, you know, it's time for black people to do that, too. And we just need to be our own thing and stop trying to even mess with these white people who don't like us, who hate us and only cause us misery. And I'm, and, and 
just that concept really floored me. And he pointed, but you know, he did to, he pointed to things that are, that we have seen work like that whole, you know, the, the Asian community in the United States somewhat thrives because they have created their own versions of their homes here in the United States. And they're able to comfort each other and be welcoming with each other and have built businesses that support their own needs. So I see what he's talking about there. I really do. I get that. However, in the United States, it's a little bit different. And it's different because our history is different. The history of Black people in the United States is different. First off, we don't come from just one place in Africa. We came from everywhere in Africa. And people need to realize that everybody in Africa don't even get along. Like <laughs> the different regions in Africa, they don't get along. They don't, they don't, one tribe don't fuck with another tribe. It's not, it's not kumbaya like that. So we have to get out of that, that mindset of just because we're all in the United States that so we're all just going to get along. Like all of the black people get along because that's just not the case. A. B. We weren't raised with those same set of communal values. And it's been, it's like he, like he was talking about, you know, we need to get back to this family unit. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, when were we ever there? I know that, sure, at one point in time, you know, um, Black culture used to really value a family Sunday dinner and where everyone, you know, no matter where you were, you were coming to Big Mama's house for Sunday dinner. Um, and I do think that we've broken that down. It's not quite the same anymore. Uh, he was talking about, you know, the family unit where the, the man is the breadwinner and the wife cooks and all this, you know, 1960s leave it to beaver type shit. And I just, I don't think that, you know, I think that the way we've moved forward is a good way that says you can, you can lead from any position. You can be anything, no matter what your gender is. And so to go back and assign roles to gender, to me, is taking a step backwards. And I'm not for that. Uh, the idea of the United States, the concept, while we've never fully um, fully done it correctly, but the concept is that this is a land for everyone and that this is a melting pot, which makes the United States very different from every country in the world. Every other country, you know, their, their population is based off of, you know, a group of people who are much, much alike that have settled and, and been in the area. And it's just the opposite. We have everyone's outcast came to the United States and created a new nation. So this is a melting pot. We're, we're meant to be a mix of everything. And when we function the best as a country is when we're all able to work together for our common, common goal. So even in my servitude now here in Midland, I catch a lot of shit because I am willing to work with other people. For instance, my good friend, Matt Galindo, when he ran for school board against two, against an incumbent black man 
and another black man. I supported him in, in that school board race because of all those people that were running. I didn't look at it as a racial thing. I looked at it as who was best qualified to lead and do best for our children. And for me, that answer was Matt. The black community were mad at me that I didn't support a black man, you know, for that role. The, the Hispanic community was mad at Matt because why would you support? And this was also while all of the name change stuff was going on, going on. And they were, you know, down on him. Why are you supporting that black guy, um, you know, in doing this? That's their thing. You know, they don't like us. Let them do them. And why are you supporting him? And calling him an inward lover and things like that. You know, he, he got a lot of shit for sticking with me. I got shit for sticking with him. But at the end of the day, the only way that we can move forward, because we're all neighbors, like we're all, we're literally our neighbors on both sides of my house right now. I have Hispanic families. Across the street, there are black families. Uh, two doors down, there's a white family. Like my my neighborhood is to me is a representative of the United States of America. We have to work together. We're neighbors. We're literal we're literally neighbors. And that means that we should work together and find our commonalities instead of just looking at the color of our skin and saying, oh, you're, you look different than me. I can't work with you. We've got to get past that. And if we ever get past that, then we can accomplish some great things. We have accomplished great things when we have looked past that and just simply, you know, work together. So my, so the concept of separationism, it just does not work for me. It does not work. It's not logical. And I think that it's a step backwards instead of a step forward. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, so first off, just touching on the Matt Galindo thing, there is a lot of beef between the Hispanic and, and black communities, especially in Texas. And I'm not sure why I might be too white to understand that. Maybe you can touch on that someday. So, People can better understand that because um, it does seem like there's a lot of beef there. Uh, well, I can tell you real fast what that beef is. Two groups are fighting for the same crumbs and don't realize that it's just crumbs that we're fighting for because the other group has all the bread. And they've pitted us against each other for the same crumbs. Think about that. Yeah. I just have never understood it. I just know growing up in Texas, like I, I just know like a, a lot of my Hispanic friends just really don't like um, black folk. And a lot of my black friends really just don't like Hispanic people. <laughs> I try to stay out of it. It's not my business, but I just, you know, um, but I think that you and Matt working together did a lot for our community, especially in Midland of places. Um, but I just think the idea of separationism is bonkers i mean we had we had so i mean we had an entire movement in the 60s and 
trickling into the 50s and 60s about segregationism, right? I'm not missing the point there. I mean, that, yeah. that was the civil rights movement, was that African-Americans in this country should be treated like equal members of this country and not be forced to separate or be treated as less than um, than their white counterparts. Um, and I know Hispanic and Asian and other minority groups didn't have as big of movements, but they also had movements to not be treated differently than white people. Um, so the idea that now people, and, I, and I've been researching it, and a lot of it is like minority groups um, are pushing for for separationism is blowing my mind. And what is the point of having a United States of America if you're going to separate everybody by their racial class? It doesn't make any sense to me. That that defeats the entire purpose of our country. It defeats the entire purpose of the civil rights movement. It it def- like I don't even have anything intellectual to say about it, Courtney. It just really, really, really blows my mind. I don't see how anyone can see that as beneficial. Yeah. How is that beneficial? And people can say hate crimes, but white on white crime is way bigger than black or Hispanic on white crime. Black on black crime is way bigger than white on black or Hispanic on black crime. And Hispanic on Hispanic crime, typically people target their own race more than other races. That's yes. statistic. That is statistical fact. Yes. And typically that happens because you are living in the same communities. Like, yeah. So I don't even I don't even see how you could even back that argument up with logic or statistics. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days you're gonna need to get your old roommate or somebody who strongly believes in this to come onto this show, and we need to have a civil intellectual discussion about it because I have to hear the reasoning out of somebody's mouth. Like that supports it because I cannot wrap my brain around it. How is that a positive for anyone? You know, um, so Trey, bro, you just heard the invitation. We would (laughs) (laughs) love, we would love to have you on to further talk about this, this topic. Um, I know that you're going to listen and I know that you're going to give me feedback and I, and I can't wait for that. I look forward to it. Just like I look forward to hearing feedback from everyone who listens. Uh, y'all can find us on Instagram. Are you going to read it like a robot again today? Yes, I sure am. We're going to have it. We're going to have, uh, we have an Instagram page that we've developed. Uh, you can find us at wait, what pod 22. Wait, what? Pod he says, 22. he says, wait, wait what pod 22. I have to make sure everyone gets it, and, and here's the enunciation. Courtney says, Courtney says, you can find us on our Instagram page, yes. kids. Hey, yes. kids, I, too, use social media. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so hit like and subscribe, and you, you can hear more episodes on... You know, you have to you have to go into that radio announcement. Yo, I would love to develop like <laughs> I would love to develop that. But like the woman, you know, who's like, you know, if you'd like to subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to develop that voice. That would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, so 
one thing that cannot be understated was how far the Warriors separated themselves from the Celtics in game two of the NBA Finals. Now, how was that for a transition, Courtney? Yes, absolutely. I think oh. well, the biggest separation was the gap scoring <laughs> for this for the Warriors as they they had their warrior like third quarter and really separated from from Boston uh, in that game. They Boston did the was same. putting up a fight. They, they were, were putting up a fight. They absolutely were putting up a fight. Uh, but then they put up the white flag. And I'm thinking that what we saw in game two will be indicative of what we see the rest of the series. I think I still say that the Warriors will win this in five. You know, they got that first game. And really, to me, the reason why they lost that first game is because complacency crept in. I feel like they got, uh, you know, Steve Kerr, took the foot off the gas pedal way too early, way earlier than he should have. You know, they had built up a very comfortable lead. And I think rather than continuing to be aggressive in the fourth quarter, he pulled a lot of the starters for rest, put in the second unit, and they were not hitting shots immediately. When he when he reinserted those starters in the fourth, it was too late. Boston had caught fire and you know, those guys didn't come back into the game as hot as when they left the game. And that was their downfall. Whereas in game game two, Steve Kerr didn't let up. And he kept up the intensity. Um, the second unit played a lot better. The first unit continued to play, play well. And, uh, you know, they won that game handily. So I see that continuing. Even in Boston, like... The Warriors have never had a problem going into a, a hostile arena and, and having success. So I don't see that being an option. Their role players can play well at home or on the road because it's just their system. So so right now I'm looking at um, right now I'm looking at the game one Golden State point scored. So Draymond Green scored four points. You can hear me okay, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins scored twenty. Uh, Looney scored scored 34, Thompson scored 15, uh, Iguodala scored 7, and Porter Jr. scored 12, and then Poole scored 9. Um, and the Warriors lost because Steph Curry was the only guy that showed up. Yeah. But then if we look at this 107 to 88 loss, Boston just got fucking crushed by. And now we look at Golden State's performance. Green scored 9. Wiggins scored 11, Looney scored 12, Curry scored 29, Thompson scored 11, Poole scored 17, Peyton 2 scored 7, Porter Jr. scored 3. Basically, the Warriors lost game one because Steph Curry was the only guy that showed up. And I hate to be a I told you so ass motherfucker. Actually, I love it because I'm petty. But I remember telling you, Courtney, that the Warriors were going to lose game one because they were going to be rusty. What did you say? Oh, they're not going to be rusty. But Steph Curry was the only guy that showed up. And when the Warriors show up, you have to outscore them. And Boston does not have the consistent firepower to outscore the Warriors. And I think that's proof enough between the scoring differences of game one and game two. I mean, Boston put up 88 points in game two, which is just embarrassing. And... I mean, Jalen Brown was okay. Tatum was okay. 
obviously the Warriors knew that Horford and uh, White weren't going to show up like that again. So all they really had to do was just contain them and, and put everything on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's shoulders. And that's what they did. And those two couldn't keep up, <laughs> you know, they need help. Obviously. I mean, Tatum scored 28 points, which is respectable. And let's see, Brown scored 17 points, but then Horford scored two points. Robert Williams scored two points. Marcus Smart scored two points. And Derek White scored 12 points. So, you know, if Golden State has it figured out. Like, all you have to do is make sure that the entire game is on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's shoulders, and they're not going to be able to keep up, not because they're bad players, but because you have the entire Warriors team putting up points, and you're giving Boston two options. You're giving yeah. them two options. And I've been saying that. I have been saying that as a Boston fan, that we either need, like, a big – or we need another consistent scoring option because we don't have it. And and for all we know, and this is why I think Boston's going to win like one more game. I was saying Warriors in five. Now I think Warriors in six. Is I think Boston's going to have one more game where Al Horford catches fire, Marcus Smart catches fire, Derek White catches fire. But it's never consistent, and that's why they can't win these series on a consistent basis. Because he, the Warriors just have to put let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown rack up as many points as they can. If you contain everybody else, they can't, you're not going to outscore Golden State. It's just not possible. Right. So I think a, a, one reason why so many people predict a seven game series is because it's the thought that when both teams are playing at their full max, max potential, either team can beat either one on any given day because. I think that Boston, at their full strength, like when everybody is on, they can keep up with Golden State scoring. And they do have enough defense to at least keep the role players modest. You know, I don't think that they can stop just because of the system that, that Golden State plays. I don't think you can stop the Warriors, but you can keep them modest and you can keep those role players modest. And then on the flip side, you know, when all the Warriors are on, when you get scoring, um, you know, from every single one of the players that hits the floor, they're really tough to beat. They're really tough to beat. And they have enough defense to where they can key in on select guys like what they're doing now. Like you just said, you key in on on Brown and, and Tatum and you force everyone else to beat you. Um, you know, that's a formula for success. So, uh I think that it, it's kind of an uh, – I, I, I just – even with those facts, even when – if both play their best, it's still Golden State with the win. If Golden State suffers, if they're not playing their best but Boston is playing their best, then Boston could get those wins. <laughs> I think at this point, <sighs> I, I just see Golden State being the better team you I know, think through, it, throughout this. I think if it goes to seven games and you and both teams are 100% on their game, I would say it's like a 55-45 lean Golden State. But I think Boston's proven like they can take over a game. It's just it's just never consistent whereas I feel like Golden State is al- almost always consistent. They do have games where they get very complacent. That game where they lost by like freaking 50 points to the Grizzlies or whoever that was kind of rings like holy shit. You know what I mean, but like, wouldn't Nah Dallas didn't beat him that bad, but Dallas did. No, I mean Dallas had the. I I think Dallas. Um, I don't want to read too much into it, but I think they were just very inspired by what happened and Evalde that day, 
I think that's why Dallas pulled out that win, which is great. It's wonderful. Um, I think Dallas kind of had like an inspirational win. You know what I mean? Um, Dallas played them close every series. I think didn't they? I mean, they were yeah, losing, every like, right. Yeah, it, it was close. It was a close. You know, it, it was a gentleman's sweep, but it was all the games were competitive. Right, like they <laughs> they weren't getting blown out by like damn near twenty points, like Boston just got blown out by. But yeah. um, I I think I think Boston is making steps in the right direction. I always said they needed to get to the finals to prove they were kind of headed in the right direction. Um, they just need that one extra piece in hell. For I mean, for all we know, they're gonna they're gonna win a game in Boston. And now it's two one, or maybe it's you know one two, and then they tie it up two two, and then we go back to Golden State. We'll see where things go from there. But I just like I, I've been saying this since the playoffs started. Why does Boston keep going to all these game sevens? Because they don't play consistently. And in the East, they got lucky; they were facing all these injury riddled teams. But unless Steph Curry breaks an ankle or Clay Thompson ter- tears an ACL, which Clay Thompson really hasn't been all that impactful, honestly, in the series right. so far. Like, I hate to say it, but Boston's almost preying on the injury bug at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what that's they needed real. to beat Milwaukee. That's what they needed to beat Miami. And that might be what they need to beat Golden State. Cause I just, I don't think they have all the pieces yet to beat a, a completely healthy Golden State running like the machine that they are, which like sucks because this is the first time Boston has been in the NBA Finals since I've been a fan. So like obviously this is like super exciting for me. Although I have to work every freaking night they're playing, so what do I care? <laughs> I got to watch Game One though. I got to watch the Game One win, so that was exciting. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like I work every night they play anyways, so it's whatever. I just look at the ESPN box score, and then I'll yell at the kitchen. I'm like, all right guys, we're taking bets on how much Boston loses by tonight, and they all get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, <laughs> that might have something to do with this whole friends in Boston thing, bro. You can't, <laughs> you can't go, you can't, you can't do that, dude. I'm just one of the world's most pessimistic sports fans. I've always, even with the Patriots, I've always been that way. I just, I don't know why. I just, I'm just like, yeah. Well, Tom Brady had one incomplete pass, so I think he's losing it. <laughs> <laughs> he's falling off the cliff. Okay, Max Kellerman. Yeah, exactly. He went he went twenty nine for thirty two, but I'm really mad about that one interception. No, it's not that bad, but <laughs> but I think that's all the basketball talk. I don't think we're gonna drill basketball into people's brains today. I just nah, wanted to uh, nah, yeah touch on 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 that and and how the the Warriors like separated themselves from the the Celtics in, in Game Two and the Warriors practice were... some separationism. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and that was good separation. <laughs> and uh you well here's my thing you're not a golden state warriors fan and they no. just beat and they just beat your mavericks and you have yeah. a very close friend me who's a celtics fan so shouldn't you be rooting for my celtics as my friend shouldn't you be rooting for me to be happy courtney well here so here's the thing uh-huh um when they that little dynasty started it was kind of some down times for the mavericks uh, I was still a Mavericks fan. I've always been a Mavericks fan, Dirk for life. Um, but it was something about the, that Warriors team that was just, you know, appealing. They, the, what their brand of basketball, they're a very exciting team to watch. And so they became my second favorite team. And I've always been under the, like, no matter what it is, if you lose to my favorite team, 
I expect you to win the championship because <laughs> I, I want to say that, you know, at least we lost to the best team, not, not to, you know, a team that was pretty like, don't, don't beat my team and then get swept in the next round. Cause then I'm really pissed off. But if you beat my team and you go on and win the championship, then I can say, Hey, at least we lost to the champions. And so that's always been my mindset. The same thing in like in, in these uh, high school football playoffs, when, when the school that I work for gets, gets beat, I'm always cheering for that team that beat us because I then want them to, to win the championship so that we can say, at least we lost to the best team in the state. Yeah. So, so that is, that is a reason that I'm, I'm, uh, cheering for Golden State, but the other, re- I mean, the main reason is Steph Curry, because he's just, ah, uh, Steph Curry. He's adorable. I mean, how nah, see, not- for me, that's Draymond. That's Draymond for me. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's uh, Draymond. I love him so much. Uh, that is, like, I've decided, so I'm definitely getting myself a Draymond Green jersey, 100 I don't even own basketball jerseys. I own, I used to collect football ones until spending $100 on a piece of clothing that, like, teenagers wear got <laughs> it's like there's something about a grown man walking around in a jersey i don't know i love my jersey like, wait a I minute I I, wait them. what i feel i just felt offended well you know what i like to do i like to in the winter time i like to put on my hoodie and then put my jersey over my hoodie it's a good look um but um i'm gonna get myself a draymond jersey 100 and i think i'm gonna get myself a jason tatum jersey but i think mark is smart more i love defense and basketball so i'm thinking mark is smart and draymond green uh, who are my two favorite players in the NBA right now? Um, I think well, I'm gonna get myself their jerseys. If you get a Draymond jersey, I would suggest that you not wear it immediately after. The- oh no 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 no! Because no, no. I don't want you to get big jumped, thrown at you, <laughs> and I don't want people throwing you know you in the harbor and drowning oh, no. you with feet. <laughs> Because I know that this is what happens up there when when people hey, get mad. You can thank Massachusetts for the fact that you even have an America, motherfucker. <laughs> facts, facts. Massachusetts and Virginia, but um, all right. And then moving on from the basketball discussion, you had had uh. Well, let, let me let me make this transition. Okay, all right. My love for Steph Steph Curry transitions into. Hey y'all, happy Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> so is officially Pride uh recognized around the world, the world uh when we when not necessarily people think that we're celebrating that um we're that you know gay people are superior, blah blah blah, <laughs> the LGBT community. Um, oh, you think you're better than everybody else. That's not what it is. We're celebrating the fact that that despite all of the hate, we're still here and we're still going to be our authentic selves in every single way. That said, there's one thing that has been like has bothered me forever. Uh, One of the terms that we use in our LGBTQ plus community uh, the alphabet mafia, as, as <laughs> we are so often referred to. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's just a really, really funny term to me. I'm sorry. Go ahead, though. Alphabet mafia. Because I'm sorry. There's nothing intimidating about like a group of alphabet mafia. Oh, bro. You hey, there is something extremely <laughs> intimidating about an angry drag queen. You must not have been around angry drag queens because not my thing not my thing i'm just letting you know a group of angry drag queens coming at you is not (laughs) it is not cute it is not cute at all so i can understand why they would call it the and you know part of the other reason why especially conservatives i think they're the ones who who coined the term the alphabet mafia is because when the alphabet mafia attacks like they have no choice but to listen. Uh, the gay dollar is pretty strong, and it's been strong for for a long time. But one it's of the things we're all depressed that we depression spend money. Okay, <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. disposable income because it's not being spent on kids. Hey, amen. <laughs> that 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 is, that is really why. I mean, you know, if, if we just look at the economics of it, that's actually that's the actual reason. Why we have so much more disposable income. But anyway, one of the reasons why, uh, one of the things that drives me crazy is the use of the word queer. And I personally hate the word queer. And I don't like being called a queer. I don't like being, I don't refer to myself as queer. Uh, By definition, queer means strange, different, and uh, weird. And I don't think that I'm strange, different, or weird, uh, especially because of my sexuality. And I really struggle with the word queer and how people just freely throw that around to describe all of our community. And um, one of the groups that I'm associated with here in in, uh, West Texas in the Permian Basin we had a uh, we had developed a, uh, a support group, kind of a, a discussion group that was for black and brown LGBTQ plus uh, people, and we just we struggled like we had a we had discussion <coughs> over what to call this group. And, you know, a lot of the branding was about LGBTQ are black and brown queers in the basin. And I'm just like, mm, that don't sit right with me. And I don't I don't think that sit right with most black people in our in 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 the alphabet mafia that, <laughs> you know, that, Stop saying that. I, that's what it is. Bro. <laughs> my favorite. It's my favorite term instead of giving all the. <laughs> alphabet mafia because it's it's something strong and powerful about that about the alphabet mafia it's like don't make me send <laughs> mafia out for you because you know okay oh we will gosh. we will atta- we will be like the care bears and attack we you will, with, with a big ass rainbow and yeah, just <laughs> boom and, and we will cancel you on twitter snap, okay snap, snap. We, we will cancel you in a minute don't <laughs> don't get the alphabet mafia after you so uh, don't don't come for us do not come for us don't come for us unless we send for you <laughs> oh my goodness all right sorry no. go ahead go ahead i'm gonna contain but, my laughter <laughs> so i just think i i personally really do not like the word queer 
I don't think that it's all encompassing because a lot, uh, I mean, and, and it's a connotation thing. So me growing up, I used to hear things like, you know, like when a group would go after someone who they knew were gay, they would call it, let's go smear the queer. And in my head, that's just like, that's been, that's, that's something that I grew up hearing way too much. And it just has such a negative connotation for me. And so I, I understand it that, that we want to say that we're different from people, but I think that it's kind of like the whole uh, discussion about separation. If we continue to make ourselves so different than everyone else based on one characteristic, is that really helping our cause? So do you, when you're, um, when you're spelling out the mafia's uh, title, do you just prefer LGBT, LGBT plus, or do you put the Q? Because normally I do LGBTQ plus. I don't do the whole IA plus plus, but I do the LGBTQ plus. Do you not put the Q on there? Oh, no, I do. I do. I, okay. I do LGBTQ plus. But now I need to start because the most common and widely accepted now is LGBTQN plus. What's the N? Non-binary? Non-binary. Non-binary. Isn't that part of the plus? Yeah, all the extra, everything past LGBT is, is part plus. of the plus. It's yeah. all part of the plus. However, we got to do Q and now we're doing N. Which again is why we're the alphabet mafia because yeah. we use all the letters. Well, for me, um, I never thought about it that way. Um, I think that's actually a really good point by you um, because my biggest thing my entire life is like uh, I I just personally feel like I am not a gay man. I am a man. Who is gay? I mean bisexual, but I just say gay because it just makes life easier. Like I don't. I just feel like when you, I feel like when I say I'm bi, like I just feel like you're like trying to compensate. Like whatever. I just say gay. Like it doesn't matter. Like I've, I've dated women. I've dated men. It's fine. So it is what it is. But I don't. I don't feel like my sexuality makes me different than any other man. I don't feel like I should be treated differently. I really, really hate when I like have friendships with straight men and I know I'm being treated differently because they know that I'm gay. Like, honey, you're not that cute. <laughs> okay. You, you do not pique my interest. Like for me, it's like, I respect that you're straight. Please respect that I'm not. And we'll get along. We'll be great friends and we can joke and laugh and have a great time. Like you would with any of your buddies. And I'm not sitting here secretly plotting on how to sleep with you. I have zero interest. Like, Thank you. I like just the, want to be your ugly, friend. I don't want to bang you. Like I'm not do you know the some ugliest, the ugliest motherfuckers. Always. Want to think that everybody is after them. It's just like, have you Dude, looked at the beer? Like, the only like, thing not, I want to do is help you dress better and help right. you like get the acne off your face. I don't. I. I don't want you. <laughs> I like can my. You. Like my straight friends. My straight friends that really fuck with me have realized. I am their best resource because I will get you laid, bro. I okay. will find the hottest chick in the room and I will talk you up like a motherfucker. Oh, and I'll be like, that's my fucking boy. Oh my God. He's this and that girl. You got to get with. Yeah. <laughs> take yes, take have, advantage of look, your gay friends. <laughs> I am the greatest queen man ever. Like, yes, I, I, 
I do the same thing. I seriously, like my straight friends, we can go because I know that I'm not there for the girls. But <laughs> right. That I, I can talk to them. Right. And, and I'm the one hell of a salesman. And so like, like yeah. that's my that sorry. That's my thing. It's like it's like, bro, I friend zone you. You didn't friend zone me. I don't care that you're straight. I want to be your friend. I'm not sitting here secretly plotting how to bang you, straight guy, who probably like like I have zero interest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like my friends that realize that realize that and we have fucking like incredible friendships because they just treat me like they would treat any other of their guy friends because they understand there's nothing there like that's my friend damien he's bisexual he doesn't hit on me he's not interested in me he knows i'm not interested in him and life is good like if you're straight i respect that about you that's your that's your interest that's that's you right so i don't personally i didn't like i don't really identify with like the alphabet mafia i don't mess with like pride this and that it's just not for me it's just not my thing. I res- like I have no issue with other people that do that. Um, but I've never really thought about, you know, I guess the true descriptor of the word queer um, and why that would like. But yeah, I mean, it definitely it literally means like different or weird. And I don't feel different or weird just because my sexuality is different than yours. So please don't describe me as different or weird just because I sleep with different people. Why are people yeah. so obsessed with who other people have sex with? Okay. Like, it's because, all fun and games to, like, make jokes and stuff. Like, I make jokes and stuff with my buddies, and it's fun. No, like, it's just jokes. It doesn't go any further than jokes. And no one wants it to go any further than jokes. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, that's so, the biggest epidemic is straight men walking around thinking everybody wants to bang them. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I am not interested. Uh, in get over yourself. Yes. Get over yourself. <laughs> So I would, so here's another, I mean, this is, I think that everything we've talked about are things that I would love to hear some feedback from, from all of you wonderful listeners, especially my good homies up in Canada. Eh? <laughs> as, as you drink, as, as I want you to, to talk about this amongst your, talk your people, <laughs> talk about this about amongst your people over some maple syrup pancakes <laughs> and and let us know what you think about uh you know all these topics and damien how can you reach us how can you what is what are, where's our platform? so you guys can find us on instagram at wait what pod 22 which the dms are wide open literally uh me and courtney both have the login information for it so either one of us can go in there check the dms we can respond to you directly we can put questions or topics on the show uh, if you want us to leave your name anonymous, we absolutely can do that. If you want us to call you by name, we absolutely can do that. Um, and just, uh, I mean, literally just let us know what you think about the stuff we talk about. Let us know how you don't like hearing two gay men sit here and talk about how fucked up the rest of the world is because we think we're superior, <laughs> which we are. But, I mean, you know, you know, but, um, you know <laughs> we got a lot of feedback about our, our uh, gun conversation in episode one, and we got a lot of feedback about our top five nba conversation in episode two um hopefully we're gonna get a lot of feedback uh courtney has some crazy ass friends out there that do not know basketball uh, <laughs> okay thank you like bro like all of y'all like seriously especially all these lebron lovers and and just so you know like most of these lebron lovers are people who have been my students and so they are a very younger generation who have not seen basketball for a long time you know, they, they 
they look at their era and they don't look beyond that. And so that's why they keep putting, you know, uh, LeBron James is just the ultimate God. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, with that being said, I think this is about where we wrapped it up yesterday, Courtney. So if you don't have anything else to add, we can get to our little recommendations and then we can kind of uh, wrap the show up. Yeah, let's let's talk about recommendations. And so what do you have for the people? So I have recently discovered that a good friend of mine who um, uh, has been a stream follower and I follow him on his streaming uh, for a good while uh, is and I've known that he's like a big time chef, but I had no idea what kind of level of big time he was until like now so my friend is on the very current right now airing season of MasterChef Uh, his name is Willie and this last episode that that you know as you're listening to us the episode that listened that 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 ran before this episode uh, was the one where he got his apron to continue into the show. And, um, like, it just blows my mind to know that I know someone who is, like, on TV right now. And he was also on episode five, or I'm not, I mean, season five of MasterChef, and he finished seventh in the competition, which, you know, to to be in the top 10 of those shows is pretty, is a pretty epic thing all to all amongst itself. So for him to make it all the way to seven. And at that time he was a very novice uh, cook. And now he's, he's kind of, I mean, he's like, he's a big deal. Like he, he flies all over the country. Uh, Celebrities want him to cater meals and, and prepare things and, you know, he's doing his own thing, and it's just such an amazing thing. And for all of those who are coming to Basin Pride, which for the first time will be in Midland, Texas, uh, Basin Pride will happen on uh, July 16th. Uh, we have a pre-party on the 15th and a interfaith service on the 17th, so it's going to be a whole weekend thing here in Midland, Texas, uh, July 15th through 17th. And... Uh, Chef is going to be here. He, he is a friend of mine, and uh, he had already been planning on coming down for the event. And so now I'm trying to get some clearance to, to put him on stage and do a demonstration and basically show a drag queen how to cook something. And so uh, I'm in the works. They, they uh, have a rule that we can't, like, cook in the inside the pavilion where we're having this. Uh, oh, it's at the Scarborough Sports Complex. Uh, you know where the football stadium and baseball stadium are, Damien? Yeah, yeah. So there's a like a pavilion area right in the middle of all that, a concourse, and that's where Basin Pride is going to be this year. And so they have a rule that you can't like open cook, you know, no, you can't cook out there. So I'm trying to get a special waiver so that I can do something, although he and I were talking about it and we're just like, well, we can even, like, he was just like, I can spice up a peanut butter and jelly, baby. I can get it done. So <laughs> so more than likely, we're, we're going to do something around that. But I recommend everyone watch the current season of MasterChef. I think it's like MasterChef Redemption or something like that. 
And when you see it and you see Chef Willie, that's my boy. And I'm really excited about that. I'm all I'm all fanboying about it. So that's my recommendation for this week. Damien, awesome. what you got? That's what you got. Well, first off, that's super freaking cool. And I definitely want to check that out. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to recommend three things. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> first off, there's a show on Netflix called Death, Love, and Robots. Um, one of my roommates showed it to me. Uh, it is a mind fuck beyond any mind fuck you've ever experienced. It's like um, these little mini shorts. Some of them are like six minutes. Some of them are like 20 minutes and everything in between. And they're animated by different like independent like indie uh film groups and each one is like a completely different subject matter and they're just freaky some of them are really gory some of them are just like funny some of them are just like mine like what the fuck just happened um and i almost like really don't like it but then i'm also like really 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 obsessed with it i can't (laughs) stop watching it it's very hard to explain but if you ever have time to kill like let's say i don't know you, you you've got like an hour before you gotta leave for work and you're not sure what to do just throw that show on and just watch it it is uh you gotta experience it <laughs> you gotta experience it it's pretty great um i just finished the seven husbands of evelyn hugo that is a freaking awesome book uh the whole concept it's about this uh hollywood starlet who um she was super famous but she lived a very like quiet and closed off life and then she decides she wants to tell her story to this newspaper outlet and she picks this very new journalist to get with and tell the story and it basically goes through her life, detailing these seven different marriages she was in and how each man and each marriage affected a different phase of her life. And I, I thought it was fascinating. I thought it would be like this like almost like chick flick book in a way, but it really wasn't. Um, I really think anyone could get behind it. It's an awesome book. Um, and then as far as music goes, uh, Phoebe Bridgers for whomever likes uh, my favorite genre, which I call Sad White Girl. Um, <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers just put out a new song called Sidelines maybe a week or two ago uh super super great song um i've been playing that one on repeat uh pretty often um and then also for all you stranger things fans i know the song running up that hill uh by kate bush is getting popular look the kate bush version sucks okay go listen Mm. (laughs) wait go listen to go (laughs) go listen to the meg myers version you find on spotify it is so much better Running Up That Hill is a great song. Go listen to the Meg Myers version. You'll like it 10 times more than Kate Bush singing like a freaking opera singer. Like, nah. No, no, no. So, no. so Katie, um, Damien said that, not me. And yeah, because Kate Bush listens to our podcast. <laughs> hey, she might. And, and, the Kate, and the Kate stands, y'all come after Damien. Who, I didn't say that. Who's standing Kate Bush? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I, hey. <laughs> The, the, the little bushies out there. The out little bushies. There, the bushies are, are out there, and they're going to come for you, Damien. All I right. have nothing to do with that. I'm a Swifty, so I'm used to people coming at me for my musical choices. I'm not concerned about it. Okay. But, but all right. Well, thank you, Courtney, for hopping on to re-record this episode since our last episode. I think we should title it The Lost Episode. Yeah, like totally. <laughs> so since the other episode just went away for reasons um yes. thank you for oh i also figured out why courtney do you want to hear why it went away i actually got more i got an email this morning you want to hear why yeah of course spotify removed it because i sang a little bit of that bowling for soup song and it got flagged for copyright 
Oh my goodness. That's why I got removed. So, so I ate said on you. It's on you. Yep, it's a hundred percent on me, and that's what makes Bro. me the more I woke up this morning. I got an email like six this morning, and it was like, Your recent podcast was removed from our platform. Here's why. In the future, if you'd like to uh use music from another you must flag yourself uh with something like copyright i don't know yeah apparently my like two seconds of singing a song destroyed like an entire episode of our podcast wow and i know you're you're gonna hold it against me and you have a right to (laughs) wow well that's okay that's okay (laughs) look we still had another amazing conversation that's gone even longer than the one before. Well, no, I just think Bowling for Soup's a bunch of pussies. You hear that, Bowling for Soup? You're a bunch of pussies. Because, <laughs> because, because Shania Twain let me sing her song in our first episode, and she didn't mark it for copyright. Okay. So all you soupies out there, <laughs> you, soup, you soupy groupies, screw you. <laughs> but um, all right, Courtney's got a meeting to get to, and I, I need to shower for work. So, Courtney, thank you so much for hopping on and talking. Uh, thank you to everybody who listens to episode three. You all know we'll be back next week with more to bitch about. That's what we do. It's who we are. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, guys, if you have anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, if you have feedback on today's show or even a past show, please hit up us up on Instagram. Wait, what pod twenty two? And we'd love to hear from you. And, uh, man, Damien, let's do this again next week. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, thank you, guys. All right. Wait, what? Bye. Wait, what? (laughs) Bye. (laughs)